Yo, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is your man, Groovy Gene, and you are tuned in to the In The Groove Podcast. Uh, this is episode four. Sitting here with two of my brothers, Greg, Nate, um, and one, first and foremost, apologize for taking so long to hit y'all with another episode. Uh, life has been good. You know what I mean? Life has been good. <laughs> What's been good about it? Hey, listen, it's been good. Oh, you can't wait, preach. You know what I'm saying? Signed a new client. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? A little more travel. <laughs> a little more, little more status on a Delta. A little more pops on the clock. You know what I'm saying? saying? It's been good. It's been good. <laughs> but so, uh, yeah, that took a lot of time. And, and, and as as easy as a podcast seems, uh, it definitely takes a lot of effort and work and, on all parts. Getting my homies, everybody's time schedule. Dylan, our producer, making sure he ain't. You know what I'm saying? In a cabana with 17 uh, Filipino women. You know what I'm saying? We just got to <laughs> gotta make sure that we, you know, everybody's in on one accord. But nah. Um, so again, this is episode four. Um, today is what? April 20th, 2019. Uh, oh, it is the, the 19th. You're right. I'm already ready to get elevated. Hey, 420. Low. Low. Uh, today is April 19th. I feel like you're already there, you know? No, no, yeah, I'm not. Uh, okay. You know, uh, in your mind, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. I'm I'm elevated spiritually. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying. Through it is my, Good Friday. Through my connection to God. You it know what I'm Friday. saying. Because the Good Lord died today <laughs> for your sins and mine. Mm-hmm. Amen. Wow. You know what I'm saying. So my elevation is because I'm one with Him. You know it's what I mean. But tomorrow's elevation. <laughs> anyway, um, if you've been if you've been keeping up with what's going on, um. Besides for uh, Trump's America and all the foolishness that's going on on Capitol Hill and in the White House, you know that hip hop lost um, just just somebody incredible, um, a talented person musically and a true entrepreneur, uh, advocate for the community uh, in Nipsey Hussle. Nipsey Hussle the Great. And so, um, yeah, so that's been what's been going on like the last, I want to say like three weeks. Like it's been like three weeks since Nip passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, last day of March. March 31st, right. Because we were so, also, uh, the Image Awards happened while we were away, which I was fortunate enough to be a part of. Uh, met Jay-Z, <clears throat> you, know, uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, was, was, it was a great thing, but it was crazy because the day after the Image Awards, as I'm flying back, uh, from LA, my boy was like, "Yo, Nipsey passing." So it was, you know, a bitter, bittersweet moment. You meet one of the people that you kind of idolized growing up, being a kid from Brooklyn, and then lose somebody who you think uh, definitely was going to get to that stature in life. Um, and was he at the Image Awards? No, 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 he okay, wasn't. He wasn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the funny thing is, um, I got so my Nipsey did a uh, rock nation management. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the paper plane hat that I wear all the time, it's a rock nation fitted. Uh, and then like, sometimes they get like collabs. So, uh, upscale vandal is from Columbia. So he did a Columbia, uh, hat. Jay does the hats based on the album. So you have one for four, four, fours, and then the on the run tour. Yeah. Joy. And so then Nipsey just released his collab. And so you could only get it at the marathon store. Um, and so I had got my hats from the store uh, that Saturday. Wow! Shout out! Shout out! No shout! So my boy, my boy Kuma, yeah, like picked them up for me because I couldn't get to oh, where the store was. Back, yeah. 
in time for the award show and all of that. And he had picked, he actually had purchased them for me uh, the week or two weeks before, yeah. but they had sold out of stock in the store. Wow. So I had to wait and I was like, it's cool because I'm actually coming back to LA in like two weeks. Anyway, so Kuma got to the store of Saturday, picked him up for me, brought him to me. It super pumped, super excited. Uh, you know me, you know I'm a hat person. Like, yeah. Uh, but you know the paper plane has you know holds a little special value, and so again getting that and then hearing the news the next day that he passed away in front of the store it was just like damn wow you know what I mean that that kind of sucks so it's a you know a somber moment but I wanted to have you two guys on specifically because one this episode is called hustle and motivate every episode will be named after a song if you guys haven't figured that out yet. Uh, then the song will typically be the uh, umbrella to the conversation that we're having, even though last week's episode was, I mean, the last episode that we did got crazy. Uh, we were all over the place. Hmm? Shouts out to uh, my boy Ishmael. Um, but yeah, so hustle and motivate. And so I, when, when I look at Nipsey and I think about all the things that he represented uh, and be, having a chance to actually be in spaces with him, talk to him, be around him meet the guys who are in in his inner circle yeah like that that was powerful um and but having that opportunity i always looked at him in, in those eyes of hustle and motivate differently than i look at other artists in hip-hop yeah because the only other people that i kind of view in that space are jay diddy um i think that ti is mm-hmm. stepping into that space uh, David Banner, Killer Mike, there are a few guys, you know what I mean, who are stepping in the space of actually hustling, but also motivating people, right. like to do better. I think that we 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 often use hustle, but the motivation part is typically geared towards negative, being right. negative or negative yeah. energy. And so you you two gentlemen working in the different spaces that you work in. Um, I want to know like what that what just even that phrase hustle and motivate means to you and how you tie it to what you do. Hmm. And crack open one of these. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. watermelon. The freshest beverage for the summer. There he is. No, 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 right. <laughs> hustle and motivate, <laughs> my man. Nah, um I mean, you know, I have a lot of different ventures, but um this Nipsey thing, you got a lot of different ventures. Let's be honest, but this Nipsey thing, it hit pretty hard, and especially because my my main job is working with y'all. Go hear all this ice. Yeah, hit the ice first. But nine to five, I'm focused on how do we reduce violence in the city. Hook me up while you at it. And troubles, but no, you got it. And so one of our programs, we actually focus on. Helping people who have uh, previous criminal activity or, or, or previous violent crimes in their record kind of shift and turn around their lives. Okay. And um, um, two of those guys, or three of them actually, are in my office every day. And, you know, we sit a couple of desks away from each other. And when this happened, you know, everybody was just hit. They were hit especially hard, you know, because a lot of what they are doing now, you know, now that they've transformed and turned clean. their lives around, like they're in those in the same neighborhoods they grew up in and were a part of the streets and they're trying to motivate these guys to get off the streets and turn their own lives around. Oh man, it's bad. And um, so we had this big discussion because they're blown because it's like, man, if they're going to take out Nipsey, like why would I even, like they were discouraged. Yeah. No, no, no. You know, no, like no. why would I keep putting my neck out there 
for these for folks who who are my neighbors, my friends, my cousins, my brothers, knowing that you know I might lose it, you know, because if they're gonna take out someone as famous as Nipsey, then who am I? And we had this big discussion about you know what are the routes you take to help you know essentially like transform or save some of your neighborhoods that are a little bit lost. Like, do you come in like you know with the Nipsey Hustle approach where you move back in, you buy the buildings, you create the businesses, you develop it, and you try to make something in it where it is, or do you go in there like Harriet Tubman, man, and try to get people and pull them out of those environments and show them newer, different environments that maybe are safer, maybe they have a better cost of living, maybe there's more job opportunities, better school systems. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the, the right approach, man? Um, because there's a lot of people who are motivational and they're hustling every day to help their community. Um, but, you know, at what point, you know, is it not about that physical community and more about the people and getting them out in a better situation, you know? So I want I, I want to touch on that. And and get, well, I want to get to the the athletic point with you for a second, but I want to touch on the pulling people out the community thing because mm-hmm. I think what was so special about Nip and people like Nip who build their own communities, yeah, is like if you take a group of people who are mentally used to something, mm-hmm. doesn't matter where you move them, and if you're talking about taking the good people and leaving the bad people behind. Not necessarily. So, you know, so people. to speak. Yeah. It's like, how does that help? Because I feel like it's more, it has to be more of a change mindset. Right. Like taking me somewhere, taking me out of a ghetto and bringing me to the, you know, the Upper East Side it's like, moving it's like on they up. Said, you, like New Yorkers, when they leave New York. It's like you could take the the New York out of New York, but you can never take the New York out of the New Yorker. No, for sure. But and also, so- but also, it's it's the standpoint of how will I learn to respect the neighborhood I'm from if my only uh, my 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 only recollection of better is outside of my neighborhood. I'm always going to look down on my community if the only place that I can see. That's better is outside of my community. Mm. So it's like when you take a guy like Nip and he does things in buying the community, I think the focus was changing where I live to change the mindsets of the people I live with. Yeah. So it's like that that kind of get out the it's hood thing though, is like man. it's tough. No, it is. It's, it's hard. Easy. Environments it's, matter, man. Like even the guys we work with, right? We always talk about the three eights. You know, you have eight hours of sleep, you know, ideally. Eight hours you're at work. You getting eight hours of sleep out here? I mean, I try. You ain't hustling and motivate. <laughs> you ain't try. hustling and motivate. But then you got, that, you got that eight hours between your nine to five and before you go to sleep. And that that window with the guys we work with, we try to get them to focus on, okay, what do you do when you leave the office and before you go to bed? How do you make that as positive and as productive as anything else? Because if that time is spent, you know, on the corner, rolling up, smoking, talking, arguing, whatever, every single day, how, how can we... You know, we got to make sure that we understand like eight hours in the madness can be just as influential, if not more than eight hours in the workplace. Unless that unless you work on the madness, like how do you turn that environment into some positive like Nipsey did? Um, But at the same time, in the process of that, lives are getting lost. And in his situation, his was lost, you know, in the process of pouring into his environment. And I, you know, I haven't really settled on on what to do. It was just kind of one of those things you see. It's like, man. 
you know, you don't want to leave your neighborhood. You may not want to think that there's something better, but the grass is always greener. Like you can always find a better situation, a better environment to put yourself into. And at what point do you, what point is it more important for me to get Gene into a better situation than for me to look out for everybody that's around Gene and put Gene at risk in the process? And so it's, it's a weird a, dance. That, yeah, that's a, that's a tough, tough dance. And, and it's one that I, I understand. Um, I, I, you know, I watch a lot of online videos and in- interviews, just being a content creator. Um, I'm on YouTube heavy, whether I'm yeah. looking for music or looking for content or, or, or interviews. And so I like, um, I don't particularly care for Vlad uh, because I think that he like is very TMZ-ish where he's looking for like, to yeah. catch people line, up and clickbait. yeah, but the one interview that I do like that he does is with Boosie. Um, Boosie that. always does. He's got like a bunch of them on Vlad, um, and he always does great, great interviews with Boosie. Um, partly because I guess Boosie is you know a good <laughs> interviewer, a good person to, to talk to. But so Boosie was making a good point, and I forgot what young rapper he was talking about. Um, but he was talking about some young rapper. I, I, it might be a little Dirk, I, but I can't remember. Or Young Dolph. Young Dolph? I think it might have been Young Shout Dolph. Shout out to Dolph, man. Oh, no. I rock with Dolph. Oh, you do? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know, I'm always representing the South of these podcasts, but Dolph is going in. You like all ratchet music. Hey, man. And you're like the most corporate person on your planet. <laughs> hey, man. I don't get it. It's like, yeah. the, it's like, the, it's like the doctor that, that the boyfriend is a it's drug dealer. It's fuel for the hustle. Okay. I get some fuel, <laughs> fuel for the hustle. 100 shots. I don't even remember what I was saying. Young Dolph. Sorry. <laughs> oh, 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 the Boosie interview. Right. And so Boosie was saying like, yo, you got to get out of your neighborhood. You got to get out of your hometown. He was like, because your hometown is the place that will hate you the most. And he was like, there's guys that sit and were in class with you, went to prom with you. Did You know what I mean? Grew up with you, played ball with you that don't understand why you are where you are and they are where they are. That's real. And it's like that level of jealousy is enough to drive somebody to do something harmful to you, do something yeah. bad to you. And so I was like, damn, as a as a as a street person, which I am not, but but seeing through that lens, I could understand like getting out might be about immediate survival. Like yeah. I got I gotta go right now because if I don't, they'll kill me. And or I won't even be order, able to do anything positive, or to rob you, you know, or to not even maybe <laughs> not even home. harm you yeah. personally, you know. But they may like tarnish your reputation or the brand that you're building in a in a serious serious way. You know what I mean? Like we, I wish I could talk on that, but I've watched a lot of politicians, you know, fall because of their friends, you know, and it's not necessarily their friends had ill intention for them. It's just like man, when you become an elected official. You can't you can't keep navigating the way you used right, to, right, and I right. think it's the same thing with celebrities and people who have a big brand and opportunity. Like, you know, Nipsey, you know, I know from what I know from his music and what I've seen, I'm sure he handled that situation in a, in a positive way. Right. But you can't you can't expect people to respond in a positive way just because you're positive. Like, you, sometimes you got to realize folks aren't aren't as mature or aren't as focused or, or don't have as much to lose as you. And they're willing to take you down sometimes by accident. And it doesn't mean the same thing to them. You know, someone is next to you may, you know, bring something, a legal gun in your car and you're a big time rapper, but you're on probation for him. It ain't no big deal because he don't mind going in and out of jail for you. You you drop, you losing two albums, you know, 
And so that's the, I mean, but you have to really assess that when you, when you're staying in these environments, it's like, I mean, unfortunately, sometimes you gotta, you gotta shift your circle a little bit and not to say that he didn't, um, but you know, that was, that was a real tough loss and it's hard not to see ways it could be avoided, you know? That's so so my, my thing is this, right? Let's say that the purpose, his life's purpose yeah, was to affect, I don't know, let's give it a random number and say like a million people, right? His, his life's purpose was to affect a million people. Is it worth living, and, and a, it's, such, it's such a tough thing to think about when it's literally life and death, but is it worth living a life outside of your community if your life doesn't affect that number of people that you were supposed to reach. Cause I'm thinking about it and I'm like, yo, death is terrible, right? Like the, 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 the thought of someone no longer being here to add things that are new. Mm-hmm. And that is what makes things tough. You know what I mean? Because in, 2019 i can pull up every nip video i can i can get nip videos when he's a child yeah i didn't know him you know what i mean like and so in 2019 i can get everything i need from someone's past yeah but i think death hurts so much is because it's like yo they're never done. going to add anything else yeah. it's done yeah you don't um, know what that next 10 years will look like right but it's like nip's energy right now right is bigger than it ever than it ever was <clears throat> yeah it's way bigger than it ever was but we and never know what it will be exactly or would have been i mean I, I but it's like do i know that it would have been this if he didn't pass the way he passed like thinking about like d- dying on the corner that you gave it all to yeah. like literally saying i will live and die for this corner and living and dying on that so, corner. so you're mm-hmm. saying that the effect of his death may be more influential than the next 10 years could have been for him. Yeah. I don't know about that. Though. Like it's, it's, I mean, it's hard to say. Uh, I mean, I kind of, I kind of think he might be, might be right. We'll never know. I, I, right? That's what I'm saying. It's but something you that you never know. Like, but Nipsey's we, reach was not nowhere near as far as it is. Yeah. But now. see the, the thing, but that's also the thing is like, I feel like, like I didn't know all of what Nipsey was involved in. That's yeah. my point. But, but, but you hold do on, now. But yeah, I do now. I, I know about it now, but I also think that's like to a fault of like, like the rap game in itself, like rappers, the the stuff that they bring up is all about cars, jewelry, uh, going to this place, going to that drugs, place, traveling, guns. drugs, all this other stuff. All great, not, all great not, favorite not, not the fact that Rick Ross has a million, um, what's his wing stop? Wing stop. Wing stop. A million wing stops. But he talks about investing. that. Yeah, but like that's not, it's not, it's not popularized. It's not like, oh, I'm investing in this. I'm, you know, buy the block. No, but so, but I, it's like, so that, it's may, like, that may even be the point. You're right in, in everything you just said. Hip hop doesn't glorify the entrepreneur. It doesn't, it doesn't glorify anything in the in a positive direction for the most it's like, part. It's like, it's so like, would it have changed in the next ten years? We don't know that, but you can't say that his, his It hasn't like, changed in the last ten. Or the last It nine. has changed in the last How? Hip hop wasn't positive ten years ago. Now thirty years ago, maybe. It's not positive now. That's what I'm saying. But it ha- but ten years prior. It was still negative. Yeah. Two thousand nine. These 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 little these little cats just rap worse, <laughs> but the message is still buy diamonds, sleep with mad women, 
get on private jets that you can't really afford, even though you rap. Like it's still the message is still the same. You and then you always have your outliers. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you get your Kanyes and your Lupes, and you get your Kendricks and your Drakes and your and even Drake is is somewhat of high life, but he's just he's nice with it. Yeah, but it's like I don't know if it would have changed in the next ten years. So it's like and 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 thinking about how many rappers he affected and how many entertainers he affected to the point where. Now it's so much more talk about buying and investing in your community. Yeah, I think that's huge, man. And that and that may that ripple may shift the culture, even if just a little bit. Yeah, it may really shift the culture. I, th- right I, now, I think you know, it will. Commercial hip hop, man, is is owned. <laughs> I mean, that's one thing we always got to come back to, like who owns commercial hip hop. And when you look, when you follow the dollars, you can see that the same dollars that come out of hip hop go straight into the prison system. Same people, yeah. same dollars, same influencers. So, of course, they're not going to push positive messaging. Of course, they're going to push negative stuff. They're literally marketing prison. Right. And so, and we're we're all invested in you this are, marketing You program. are more heavily invested <laughs> hey man, than I am. I would, I would like to point out. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not, you know I'm saying? Your, I pl- your playlist choices are way oh, we go. more We have to have like a podcast where we go track for track. <laughs> I would <laughs> not want to go track for track with you. It's going to be so much future that I am literally going to be ready to You don't you. know my music that much. Come I don't on. listen to that much future. Come on. You don't? Nah, not like eighty percent of my tracks. Though. All right, sixty. My no, bad. no. <laughs> Even if it's fifty percent, it's still terrible. Just because I, to... I got a little southern influence. No, 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 no. No, I. So I hate like, and as as a New York person, we're gonna yeah, take a, we're gonna listen, take a deep dive real quick. I had some important to say about the prison as, system, and you I'm, I'm it sure you. I'm sure you did, but you're you're one of its biggest supporters. So <laughs> musically, I want I want to say this as a New Yorker. A lot of people shit on the South. Yes. As far as lyrical capability. Facts. New York is very lyric heavy. Hip hop is very lyric heavy. Writing raps and all that. I never but, said Future was lyricist, by the way. But what I'm saying is everybody wants to say that the reason they like certain things is, or the reason I like Future is because I'm Southern or whatever. Like, one, I grew up as a New York kid thinking I was from the West Coast. I love West Coast rap. Like, DJ Quick. I even, one of my favorite rappers from the West Coast is Sugar Free. And if y'all Google Sugar Free right now, yeah. <laughs> y'all gonna start wondering, <laughs> wondering why I wasn't a pimp or something crazy. Sugar His Free sounds wild. Sugar Free, baby. <laughs> Sugar Free. I love, I love MC8. I love all the West Coast rappers. And I got, I got onto New York hip hop a little later in my life, actually, because wow. Bone Thugs took me to the West Coast. Yeah. And then, like, I like did a deep dive in the West Coast. But anyway, like, the South has. Some of the best lyricists of all times. Yeah. Like, Andre 3000 is no slouch. Lil Wayne is no slouch. People like flows. Killer Mike is no slouch. People like flows. Uh, Big Crit? Jesus Christ. Like Gucci Man? No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. Not at the... Gucci, though? Yo, your, mu- your music preference, bro, is one thing. How <laughs> you gonna cut Gucci out? Your music... What do you mean, cut Gucci out? Gucci wouldn't even know what to do in a room with all of them guys I just named. I know, I know exactly what Gucci would do with The that. hook. He would make a hit. With the the hook. hook. The hook. He would do the hook. He would do the hook. Nah, go, mm. he gonna do the hook. Yeah, and man. all of them, all of them have gonna rap. To like, have you ever listened to yes. Gucci? Like, yes, bro. Like mixtape Gucci? Bro, I live in an era where I can't help it. No, so no. many people like these guys. DC I have people to listen. don't listen to Gucci like I'm that. not from D.C. 
when he came out with Lemonade. That's see, that's what I'm saying. You already that, no, off. no. I said when he came out with Lemonade, that record, I liked the record yeah. so much that I went back to listen. And then he also is affiliated with Deb. Deb was from the area of Queens where my family's yeah. from. So it's like I was looking into it, digging into it, and like saying, okay, I, I let me check this guy out. Yeah. And I just didn't like it, bro. Like Sorry. he's not lyrically talented to me. And that that that, that repetitive bounce cadence drives me crazy. Repetitive. Gucci has so many flows, bro. Bro, you are out of control. Yo, see, that's what I'm saying. I don't so think many flows? Have, yes. Gucci. No, Eminem has so many flows. No, Eminem does not have that many flows. Oh, Eminem's yeah. got bars bro. for days, you lyrics can put, for days. You can put bl- Eminem, His Kendrick, His last album was Black the same Thought. flow over and over and over again. It's not, bro. Eminem? You can put Eminem on any beat with anybody, and he's going to give you bars. Bro, you may not I'm like the about, music. I said flows. I didn't say bars. But, but flows. Flows. I said any, you can put him on any type of music. Eminem. Which means you got to switch flows. Like Gucci's cadence is Gucci's cadence is the father of all of these new rap cats. One of his cadences, he has uh, so many. Though. It's so many. Yes, that's, that's so crazy. That's what makes Gucci great. But anyway, we don't have, why are we talking about Gucci this much? Because you supporting the prison. I'm trying system. to tell you that I'm I want to support. I, I want to see what. Yo, we're gonna pay some bills. Take a commercial break. And we'll be right back. Back, back, back on on track and and hustling and motivating. Nate, you work in sports industry, correct? Um, where your clientele are millionaires, athletes, entertainers, typically big time people in their communities, just based on their celebrity. Mm-hmm. I want to know what do you what do you see uh, in that environment that keeps people from really supporting their own neighborhoods or that doesn't because I don't I don't really know. I don't know that many athletes. So I don't know if they're doing a good job holistically or not. But uh I think it's a it's a it's a multitude of, of things because like it's similar to like rappers. It's like once you're at a certain level of basketball stardom or recognition in the high school system, your parents yourself, if you have a guidance or a coach or some sort of figure that's going to see that your potential, they're going to immediately try to remove you from any sort of negative environment, mm-hmm. regardless, mm-hmm. right? So that you don't mess up uh, an opportunity to go to college and get a scholarship so that they don't have to pay for that immediately, right? So then when you get to college, you're way removed from that five, six years removed now mm. from your friends who, who, who are doing whatever. And now it's like, all right, cool. I have to put on for them. I have to put on so I can make enough money so I can send money back. So I can, you know, live comfortably and then also have my friends live comfortably too. And it's like, it, it's a it's a catch-22 with that. And then it's also the sense where it's like you have other athletes who are now, it's like, all right, cool. Now I have this platform. Now it's, 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 it's my responsibility to be different than all the athletes before me that I looked up to so that I can be a role model for the people who are coming behind me to, to, to make sure that to, to know that it's not just basketball, that it doesn't end with basketball, um, right? Like one of my clients, Andrew Hawkins, um, he played for the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns. Wasn't the like greatest wide receiver ever, you know, came up. But then like he, he came, it got to the point where it's like, all right, cool. I got to this, I got to football. Now what? Now what's next? It's like mm-hmm. my career is not going to last forever. While he was in his last NFL season, he was studying at um, at Columbia University in New York, 
uh, got a 4.0 GPA while he was still playing, graduated. Well, he after was still his, playing? Yeah. Wow. I, I graduated yeah. after he... <laughs> Yeah. Graduated after I he finished. Get that without playing. That, right. <laughs> All right. Graduated after he's finished. And now it's like his career is like taking all a whole new like wave. Is he still playing? No, he's not playing no okay. more. But like in this past year, he he had his own podcast called Tomahawk Podcast with one of his former teammates. Um, it wasn't better than his podcast. <laughs> uh, and then he um, <laughs> then he was the uh, the um, the host for ESPN Sports Center. On Snapchat, right? So he was going. <laughs> he was going. What? <laughs> he was the host on ESPN Sports Center. Snapchat. On Snapchat. That was just funny. I'm sorry, uh, but anyway, <laughs> but he was spending. He was coming since he lives on Los Angeles. The 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 studio for ESPN is on is in New York. So mm-hmm. he was spending Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in New York. Then he would fly back to Los Angeles for Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Fly back to New York. All throughout the NFL season, because that's what his schedule was was like. And now that's he's crazy. It's 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 absolutely insane. And then now he's taking on it. He just started a new podcast where he's actually doing what we're talking about, speaking to athletes about you know how their you know how their um their life moved on past sports. Right. The first podcast is called um I'm I'm flat I'm. Blanking on the on the name of it right now. Don't worry about it. You don't gotta <laughs> you don't gotta shout it out on this show. You know what I'm saying? Um, but the first the first podcast he he had interviewed uh, Karan Butler and he was just talking. Him and Karan Butler were talking about like what happens next, like what's mm. what's the next thing. Um, and it's just crazy how to see his work ethic and how he hustles is just like a, you know, it's crazy to see that now. And now looking looking at what he does and and how he does his his his. His podcast, his marketing deals, his whatever is like, all right, now all the athletes after, he's setting a precedent for anybody who didn't have a crazy long career, but like, I can do this after. I can have longevity past sports and it doesn't have to end there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I, think, I think that's super important. Um, like, I'm just, I, I feel like there's so many different areas to attack these issues of like building up community. Um, because even when we're talking about sports, like imagine a world, right? With the top <clears throat> African-American artists coming out, uh, artists, uh, athletes. athletes, basketball players in, parti- in particular, one year, bro, <laughs> one year, like imagine that 2003 draft class with LeBron and, and Melo and Dwayne Wade and all them cats going to HBCUs. Like the TV contracts would have to switch, HBCUs would get more money, be able to support more people. But it wouldn't happen immediately, though. It Yo, have to, LeBron James. It wouldn't happen immediately. Lebr- it would have because he was getting TV time in high school. Yeah, any school he would have went to would have got prime time TV time, bro. No, because he got it in high school. But they have contracts. That's I get it, but what I'm saying is it they've got a whole immediately. bro. It would it would have boosted something tremendous. I think it could happen in this era where you have social media. But yeah, you, you that's think, different. But you but think, I'm, okay, who who would air his high school games? Huh? Who would air his high school games? ESPN. So you're telling but, me but that you, they can't, because they're not going to want to air that high school anymore mm. once he leaves, because you didn't air it before. And so you just switch that to whatever HBCU. I promise you, LeBron James would have went to an HBCU, bro. He would have got primetime coverage. Because one, it would have been historical for him to decide to go to an HBCU. 
So that would have been a thing. And then, so you know that they have these big schools that uh, basically they have, what are they called? Games that you play lower schools to like boost your confidence before like a bigger uh, game. Yeah, like char- tune-up like games. Tune-up games, oh, yeah. Tune-up. So it's like a lot of the big schools, like Livingstone played Duke in basketball they at one point in time. That. No, that's what, yeah, but yeah. so that's my point. Think about how many of the bigger institutions would have paid whatever school LeBron went to to play against against him and get that, but also that team is such a lower-level team to, to, to their division. Like, I'm telling it's you, also bro. It's like, I, but, but those big but, PWIs, they're not going to go out without a fight, man. They, they make so much money off of athletics. Yeah, but it's not, but it, it's, it's there's tough. nothing you can do. Here, here's the thing they're that I don't, I don't think. More. No, I don't think that we value our level of talent. Like, what black people bring to the table talent-wise literally fuels every industry, bro. The only industry that we're not fueling talent-wise, in my opinion, the way we should, and it's because of the disparities of where colleges invest and all of that, is the tech industry. Banking. And banking. Fair. And healthcare. Keep going. The health care industry ain't fueled by anybody but money. Yeah, well, that money coming from somewhere. Yeah, it's coming from all of us paying these ridiculous taxes. But anyway, what I'm saying is like, if we got a group of wise motherfuckers, excuse my French, uh, to say, you know what, we're going to hold out. Like, how is Motown not black owned? Uh, I mean, that's. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But the like infrastructure, we, we can't underestimate the infrastructure. It's not it's not stuff. about that. It's it's about valuing our level of talent. Because it's like a lot of people sell out because they don't think that the opportunity will present itself if they hold out. Sign major labels, sign major contracts, sign, you know, d- just sign on to different things where your talent is being bought out by somebody that doesn't look like you and doesn't represent your best interest, they represent their best interest. And so you get in positions where you've got guys risking their lives on a field. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Getting getting into having situations where your contract isn't guaranteed. I mean, that's football. No, but, no, but we can't just live a life where we say, well, that's this. Yeah. Because if the power is really in the talent, Holding out, it is, bro. You take black people off the field. There's no football, yeah, and like, it's it's a white sport. But the, the, in, in regards to the 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 audience base, which is why no one budged on that Kaepernick shit because they knew their base. Yeah. The thing is, is like, like it's hard to say, like, oh, don't go to Alabama and play for Nick Saban, who has a farm system for people to go to the NFL every I get year. It. To go to to play at Howard, unless you value your talent more, it's not about the talent. It's it about, is, yeah, but like you, it's every, about the stage. No, it's not even all. Also about the stage. It's about who's going to help mold your talent into getting to you to to the spot that you're at. Bro, but when you come out of high school, there's very few LeBrons, there's very few Kobe's yeah, who are I, just ready to go. I get that. that. You just throw into there, and they can and they can. I get that. Some people need a coach. They need a system to develop their talent to bring out what's best in them. I and get that's that. That's where people are going. And a lot of them do go to HBCUs, man. I look at my who. 
my, I'm just using an example. My cousin was. No, 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 no. Don't start with a lot of them and then say my cousin. I'm just going to share from my experience. So that's all I'm going to come back so to. So the one, nigga, the one nigga you know. Say that. Don't say a lot of people and then be like my cousin. So my cousin was a, was a recruit at Michigan, Virginia Tech. Um, I don't know the full list. But those are two big schools to be a running back. And he chose to go to Hampton. Because he liked Hampton, he wanted to invest in HBCUs. Like that was his thing. He where, where would he? Where would, if, if you don't mind sharing this, mm-hmm. where would he have been on the team? D one. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know. What do you mean? I don't know. Because it's like if you're gonna go to a D one and not play, he had a scholarship at all. No, there's a lot of cats that get scholarships and don't play. Okay, maybe he, maybe he, I don't know. That might practice been a squad, big... practice squad guys. Well, he wasn't practice squad guy. No, I'm just saying. That's of, what I'm asking. Like top top three in Virginia. I, at the time. I want. I want that. I'm just trying to figure out if the decision is based on his love for an HBCU versus playing time. I think I'm sure that weighed into it. Um, but when he got there, I mean, he had a great college experience. He studied engineering, luckily. But like with sports, you can't really lean on it completely because his second, his what was it first year, he blew his ankle up, and so that was it. You know, and. I'm sure. I'm sure he appreciates Hampton. I know he loves Hampton. We all love Hampton. Um, did he stay at Hampton? Sports to sports. Yeah, he did stay. He graduated. He got a degree from there and built his whole life from there. Would that have happened if he went to a, uh, one of the D ones? Uh, well, Hampton's on an, more on an athletic scholarship, Hampton's more expensive. On an athletic scholarship, he would have had to pay either way. You think so? Yeah. You don't think he got more love at an HBCU than he would have got at one of these PWIs? I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know. My point is, like, one thing we can never underestimate is how expensive HBCUs are. Yeah, They're but again, expensive. but and again, you don't have athletes. So, you, so we, got, we, got about, long, we got long-term, short-term game, right? right? So, yes, HBCUs are expensive. But HBCUs, a lot of them being private, privately funded institutions, Yeah, it's like, yo, black folks abandoned them. You know what I mean? Like, we were here yeah. when 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 you had nowhere to go, mm-hmm. and and speaking of black people as a collective, when you had nowhere to go, mm-hmm. and then as soon as you got the option, that's why segregation is a weird thing for me. But wasn't I mean us? This is just uh, a question. I, I hmm? get what you're saying with that. Here's a question though. Okay, <laughs> look at Howard for example, founded by white man. Very important. Is oh okay, but wait, where are you going with this? And. Of course, it became the center of talent, and everyone was there. But they, a lot of it was forced segregation. No, I, that, I, that's so why. That's why I said it's a tough. Once thing the doors open to integration, like wasn't that the point? Like, but once see, you have more options, choose more options. But again, here's the thing: like, was HBCU the you, mission of HBCU to always be an HBCU, or was it more like this is what we got to do? But if we can spread out, we would. But spread out is in getting other students. Or like go to other universities. Like my, my mom will tell me what, up front, like she went to HBCU because she had to. And of course she enjoyed the experience and she's proud of it. She's from A&T. Mm-hmm. She's big on it, but she didn't have options, like a lot of options. So, so she okay, felt so, like kind of cornered into that. So here's the thing. Here's the thing that happens to me when I hear the word option Yeah. in this regard, right? Having options is cool, mm-hmm. but choosing an option based on what you couldn't have versus what's best for you is two separate things so a lot of people went to white institutions because we previously couldn't get in them not because they were better because if you think about it 
There was only one place that was educating us on us. What was that? HBCUs. You don't learn black history from a, a real perspective at white institutions. Depends on the institution. You, it, 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 right. It, that, you, you're better off with it depends on the teacher than the institution. But in either case, there's no white teacher that's diving in on you in a lot of these institutions. That's what I said. It depends on who's teaching. Well, there's a lot have, but it's, but it's there's, rare. There's, there's, still, infrastructure, there's infrastructure. There's infrastructure. Black in, teachers at PWIs. There's infrastructure. No, at, no, no, no. What I'm saying is it's not about the teacher. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's more about the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and, 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 the, was... and the standard of what is so like we have leaders right that we don't know anything about yeah who did some of the most influential things in this country you ask somebody who created the traffic like they have no idea that it was a black person right but he... like there's certain things that like every day this thing governs your movement like like how powerful is that to grow up knowing that something that every person, no matter black or white or yellow, whatever, they have to use a device created by your people to navigate. Right. And when you don't get that, because the world will tell you that white people are more powerful than black people. White people have always oppressed black people. Like if, at any time we learn about the relationship between white people and black people, it's always in an oppressor, oppressed relationship. Mm-hmm. Like every time the, rela- the the relationship is discussed, it's in that regard. So my thing is robbing us of the education about us is why the mindset still continues. Yeah. I, one thing I would love to discuss later, though. Outside of Black History Month. One thing I want to discuss later, though, because I think it would be good. But I think we need more. Like, this needs to be like a PWI, HBCU podcast altogether. Let's do but it. We're going to kill you. I felt like... <laughs> nah, but I've I seen that like, Beyonce. We oh, kill y'all. Well, let me ask you then. Let me ask you a couple questions then. You you speaking up for HBCUs of yes, country? Yes. Okay. So yes, when, is it mandatory for you to have African American studies at HBCU? No, but it should be. Okay. So in your history class, but history is mandatory, right? Yeah. And so you think the history classes there are, are very skewed towards African American history? It's more skewed. Yes, I, I do. But right. but again, I'm coming from a place where I've never been to a PWI. Now, is it encouraged for you to study African American studies as a black person at HBCU? Yeah, if if you're paying attention. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because you think about it like this: even the things that you're around, such and such hall, mm-hmm. this and that hall, the 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 uh the one thing that oh I'm, you like living in it. Yeah, like you're you're literally surrounded by it. Yeah. So a lot of times. The founders of your institution, the people that went there, like, are black history. Right, right, right. I'll give you an example. So one of the guys um, who's responsible for a scholarship that I got um, is Larry Poe, Admiral Poe. He's an admiral. One of the first black admirals mm-hmm. in the Navy. So again, automatically living black history. Um, I should, you should meet him, too. He lives on a golf course. A lot of golf. That's dope. Uh, he tried to get me out there, but I just have no golf confidence. Uh, but anyway, it's not about confidence. Man. I, mean, I mean, it's also a slow game. It. I don't really want to play. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but anyway, shouts out to Tiger Woods yeah, who just won play. the Masters. But um, so Larry Poe, Admiral Poe, uh, got an opportunity when he was in college. Uh, I can't remember who the president was, but he was a student at Livingstone. Yeah. And the president made uh, some rule or whatever that said any African American could go to the PWI of their choice. And so the president of Livingstone at the time handpicked 
like some of his best students and say, listen, we're going to test this out and we're going to send you guys to mm-hmm. these institutions. So he ended up going to um, University of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And so now he's on the board of both institutions. But it's like just what he's been able to do, having him as, as a person who's a person that I can reach out to at any time because he went to Livingstone College. You know what I mean? It's just yeah that, that rich sense of your black history existed here and it's still moving around in a physical. You experienced it. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and again, I, I, I'm not saying that PWIs don't have that because a lot of the PWIs that I know, their black delegation is more tight because they have to, you know, yeah, find a, a place where they fit in or belong yeah. or have an opportunity to dwell amongst their own. So I, I get that. that. Like, I'll just say it's from my experience at my college, at my university, excuse me, the the focus on African American culture within the black community was very intentional. So there was like very big cultural moments and there was funding behind it and resources mm-hmm. behind it. Like we had an Office of African American Studies and Office of African American Affairs. Office of African American Affairs was purely focused on keeping the well-being of the black community in a good standing. So they were out there fighting political fights, fighting for education. If you had some issue in the classroom, you go to them and they'll they'll go to war to war with your professor for you. You know, if you're on academic probation because of something that was crazy or a little bit sketchy, they will go to the administration and fight for you. But it's because you're so 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 that and that's my thing about the relationship between mm-hmm. oppressed oppressor. You have those things because you're surrounded by oppression. But I, but my point is though, even even at UVA, right? The UVA took pride in their African American Studies program, so they put a lot of funding behind it. We had this thing called the Peer Advising Program, where every freshman had it's probably a grant. We had that too. Had the peer, right? And there's so a, there's a grant towards that. It was heavily funded. When I was in no, I mean like they get money because they make sure that y'all happy. I don't know if UVA's begging for money. We're pretty pretty prevalent school <laughs> when it comes to money. That doesn't that doesn't mean that you don't want uh, m- more. I mean, don't you ever met a rich person that was just like, you know what? You know what? I got enough. We don't need money. Hey, listen, listen. I got enough. We don't need money. I got enough. I mean, I'm not, I don't believe. You know what? Listen, I ain't hurting. Play. I, ain't I don't hurt. believe they're doing it just for a grant. I, I really think it's bro. It's a, it, it's so many billion right, well, dollar you're, you're companies. Trying, you're trying to shift me. Real I'm not trying to shift you. I'm just saying there are billion dollar companies right now that are trying to meet minority quotas. Okay, we'll find it. Research that. If you listen to this, Google is the peer advising program. Facebook, Twitter, all of the tech companies are in that space right now. We had the same thing though. Yeah. Like, and I don't think that, that, like, yeah, maybe the program may have. How did the football? How did the football team look versus the overall school? Okay. All right. You talking about about my football team in my school? Yeah. I was like one of ten black kids on the football team, and that's rare. Very rare. That's what I'm saying. But that wasn't like that wasn't that wasn't different from any of the other schools that I played. Unless it was like a, y'all was also in real cold climates, but so uh, Cortland down the block wasn't wasn't no brothers coming to play with you was. Might <sighs> be like that, bro. Two more <laughs> things though. So I remember they when I was there, we had like a, we had like a ninety six percent graduation rate of UVA graduates. It was some black UVA grad. It was some crazy. I about to say that's because they pour they focused so much on getting us through there. Yeah, because I got to graduate a certain us. amount of y'all to make sure that this this check keep clearing. All right, we can get back to the grant thing. <laughs> The other thing is, like, African-American studies was, like, if you were black at UVA, it was almost like, yo, you got to, like, this is, come on, man, you got to learn about your people. So, it was like, it was one of those things where everybody did it. Like, most of my friends had a minor in African-American studies because it was just, like, it was, it was, 
pushed on us. And so, but see, that's while, my, while that's, we but that's 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 saying, where well, my point is. While we may not have, we may not have been living around Black history, greats, and all that. No, I think yo, the intention. So I'm, I'm, no, but I'm not saying that you don't know about it, and yeah. you don't, and you don't own yeah. it. I, that's why I, I I admitted to like, yo, you guys probably have a more focused environment because you're surrounded by the oppression. Right. So when it when you're like, you see your small knit group, it's it's like almost forced. Like, what are you doing? Not learning but my point about the talent was if we valued our talent the thing that we've had since we got here and i assume we you know we've had since the beginning of time our talent because if if i value the talent of the african-american i don't need to be in that environment to want to learn about my but people. But that's like discrediting resources. That's like if I'm trying to drop my first album, am I going to go to Tidal or am I going to go to Spotify? When Spotify or Apple Music, when they can get me out way further. Like, yeah, I can go to Tidal. And yeah, I believe in my music. But like if I know Apple Music is going to get me way further, then is it smart of me to go to Tidal? Now, that's a great analogy. Here's what happens. Yeah. If all of the black folks are over at Tidal, Right. They're not though. But what I'm saying is, yeah. if all the black folks are over at title, Spotify wouldn't even be an option because all of the money would be over at title. Yeah, but because if, if you left it up to white artists alone, there's no streaming service that's gonna stand afloat. Not saying that there aren't super talented white artists, but I'm saying if if it was a segregated music stream system. Oh, we're gonna make the most money over here because of the talent base. But it's like, but yeah, that's but that's everything, like right. So my like, point like is, Kevin if Durant we start wear, valuing our talent, that's like asking Kevin Durant to wear Fubu sneakers, like. And if he did it, they would pop. And Steph Curry taking a chance on Under Armour, bro. Jay Z taking a chance on Puma, knowing my talent and mm. my worth. I know Beyonce. Just the fact that she walked into the Reebok office, I ain't seen a cool pair of Reeboks in a grip. But then none of these places are black. No, but what I'm saying is Beyonce understanding her talent, understanding I know what I could bring to the table on any brand. But she would not have done that. Puma just did a collab with FUBU. Destiny Child wouldn't have walked into a Reebok when they first were starting. If they had Reebok or Nike, Destiny Child would have won Nike. I don't know that they were just getting started. Like you got, like, I don't know that because I don't even Nike. It. Nike might not. Nike wasn't like outside of Jordan. Yeah, Nike wasn't as hip as it is now. Like That's Jordan right. was hip, but Nike brand wasn't really in our community like that. No, because we still off the back of hip hop with Adidas, Reebok. You know what I'm saying? Reeboks. Like Nike started representing cats like Kobe. Kevin Durant and all that. I think that's that what Nike. After. No, I'm oh. saying that's what Nike boomed as just Nike. Yeah. I think the and theme, that their lip, their uh, what was it, Livestrong? Yeah, that was, I think that, that was, was a with, big uh, with, with Lance Armstrong, Armstrong. But I think yeah. that was a big push and, for a lot of people. And, but I and think Nelly, a theme, Air Force One. I think a theme, but, though, but that that didn't hit us. It might have hit. It might have hit the South. That didn't hit us. Yeah, definitely hit us. We was already wearing them, but everybody was definitely. That's something like New York. We was we've been wearing Uptown since. But I'm just saying it's like like Nike used us to become Nike. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. If we value our talent, we can do whatever it is that we want. But the theme is, right? Like 
okay, if I'm out here striving to do something, do I pull the resources around me that are going to make me most successful? Or do I pull the resources around me that uplift my people? And when you people are at the beginning of their careers, whether it's basketball, education, music, whatever, they trying to they trying to win. Do you hear how bad that that choice even sounds? It, it, but that's a real choice. That it is make a real choice. But we'll never get to a point where that choice doesn't have to be made if somebody doesn't say, "Yo, my community." We created everything, bro. I want to be a part of legacy. And then the craziest thing that white people did to black people in the realm of oppression is rob us of our legacy. Mm-hmm. There are things that Irish people do that is an L to support their own. Asian right. people support their own. No matter where you are in Asia. Right. There are things that they do that might be an L to the outside world, but it's because the legacy of where they're from is so important. And so for us, so because we we're from so that? many, yo, it's like, yo, it starts by teaching kids, in my opinion, teaching kids about who their ancestors were and making it tangible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not. Uh, we come from kings and queens, which is cool, but I can't see no king and queen but Martin and Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Making it tangible like the thing I see every day, like the traffic light, like when I put my peanut butter on my my, my, uh, yeah. my sandwich, like understanding are- from that little point and then doing what Nip did. In your community, being a person that represents everything you represent. And showing you what it can amount to. Right. And then keeping the guys around you who are also from that community. Building. And and I think that I I don't know what Kevin Hart does in the realm of like building up Philly or building up wherever. But the guys that are around him. Yeah. Are all empowered and have been with him from the the beginning. LeBron. No. He took his guys with him. He's not in Philly every concert yeah but Nip- nipsey was traveling the world bro like you're not gonna make it seem like my nigga was just standing on the corner of Chris john slauson every day but it's like nipsey and kevin i i i guess i could i guess i could see the difference uh in yeah, your, in I, your I don't analogy think kevin's just chilling in east philly no 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 no. i i don't think so either but when you do the when you do your major concert you do it at the eagle stadium but he's he paying homage no, he went everywhere, but, but film, when he filmed it, it was in. It was just right. more of that. It's more of like paying homage to his old. Not, not more like, I, like, and, and granted, we don't. I don't know. You don't know. Yeah, yeah. Of what exactly Kevin Hart is doing in Philly, but it's like Kevin it's, called it's, me, man. Let me know what it's happening. <laughs> what Greg is talking about is the visibility. It's like you can see Nipsey Hussle at his store. You could run into me. Yeah, yeah, very true. At at his younger stage in his career, very true. You know what I mean? But it's also that, so that 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 stems to be another conversation. Because what's the connection to the neighborhood for those two people? Because the connection to Philly for Meek, although, yo, you know what I'm saying? They both are from there, rep there. But it's like the connection to the hood is probably different for Meek than it is for Kevin. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? And for Nipsey, like the connection to that neighborhood it's probably different. So I get your point, but I also think that it's it's one of those things where one of them is tethered to the hood. 
And it's like, is that tethered to the hood thing? That's what I'm, that, that's why I was like, is it's a whole other conversation. And, and is it worth it though? And I, I, and I, I think that that's something you judge on an individual basis. Because you can build it, a black it, it has to, anywhere. It has to be, is it worth it to you? Because like Nipsey will have a quote where he says, man, if I die, I know I, I know I, you know, rep the set proudly. So but it's like, dead. huh? But you did. You won't know nothing when you did. But, but again, it's about what you wanted. Like if, if fulfillment for you was your legacy living on and it lives on, you know what I mean? Like it's like the guy who we like we talk about sports guys, right? It's like the guy who was the the greatest freshman in college basketball, right? Opportunity to go to the league, stays, hurts himself. Like there's a legacy of what could have been, or it's the decision that he made. So it's like making the you know what I'm saying? Like you just mm-hmm. having those two two points of views. It's like all right, well, hey. If I died and became a legend and I was living to become a legend and it would have never happened, if being a legend is what you wanted and, you know what I'm saying? If your energy spreading is what you wanted, I think that that's... It's that, such a hard thing, man. It's, it's hard again because of death. Yeah. Like the, 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 the person not being a... That's why people can't let Tupac die. Like the the a lot of people still believe that Pac is alive, and Pac being alive was such a big thing. Who's still talking about Tupac? Though? Not now, but I'm just saying. Like when Pac died, it was like a uh, no way, no, he's not dead. And then he dropped new albums, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like he gave new product, yeah. After death, so people are like, oh my god. It's no way that it's got to be a conspiracy. It's got to be this and that because he offered something new even after death. Yeah. But with a Nipsey, it's like, hopefully we get some more music. I pray that he, uh, I know he was talking about releasing something in the summer. So I, I hope that we get some new stuff. But it's just like that, that that death is what really makes it such a hard conversation to have about what's worth it in regards yeah. to to someone's legacy. But I even I even look at Jay and I'm like, man... Jay running around Marcy Projects. No, I'm saying like watching the man that he's become. Right. And even I think that he was like, he's been reformed for a while now. Yeah. But even watching the guy he's become since Lemonade. Yeah. It's a 360 album. I mean, even so much more accessible. You see him at a lot more places. You see, like you see them. It's more fit. Like back in the day, you couldn't. Beyonce and Jay Z didn't even walk together, right? Which they didn't at the Image Awards. Which was like Beyonce had her security, <laughs> Jay had his security. You know, I got a chance to speak to Jay. Yeah, Beyonce, I was just you know happy that that she just like was over there. Yeah, you know what I mean? I was like Beyonce the goat. Bro. I don't know if you can speak to her. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if you're allowed. You know what I mean? Like right. I feel like it's. Like, a, you got to sign a waiver gonna, two days ahead of time. You're not going to mark hard with the situation? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, the crazy thing is I actually have the photo of him and Jay because working where I work now, we had all the photos from the night. So, I have the photo of him and Jay. And I was right like, before it. And I was like, man, I wonder should someone send him this? And I was like, Leak it. I'm like, it's probably not worth it to post this yeah. because what happened after was so egregious. 
But again, here's the thing about Beyonce. He probably didn't know what to do. You're so enamored at the fact that it's Beyonce. He went in for a second kiss and he didn't even understand why he did it. Yeah, he just went a little he was like, He was like, how many times am I supposed to kiss Beyonce? Am I supposed to give it a double tap French joint? I don't know. I'm going for another kiss. You oh, I got a little side you lip. Shake. You just got to shake Beyonce. Hey, it's bro, you got to shake the guy's hand she do two who's hands. next to Beyonce and be like, hey, brother, hey, I'm going to dap you up. You dap her up. <laughs> That's how, you know what I mean? Beyonce the queen. That's the king go. right there. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. She like, She's it's a king. We haven't seen that energy since Michael Jackson, bro. We haven't seen that energy since Michael Jackson. But anyway. Um, cause we, it's a Friday night, 7.30, the day before 4.20. Um, hopefully none of you grown people listening know what that means. Um, and you know, me and the fellows would get active tonight and have some fun and touch the town a little bit. Um, but just, you know, to bring it all together, I think that especially right now in 2019 with the power of social media in bringing people closer together. Black folks as a whole, we have to recognize the value of what we bring to the table, any table. Um, and I know that from an individual's perspective, it's hard to be the only person at the table uh, to make a decision for a group of people. But the more people we get at these tables to make these decisions, the more uh, the, the 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 more power we have to affect our people like to the athletic point about going to a, a, a D one, which is all PWIs um, going to a D one versus going to an HBCU. If four or five of them did it, six of them did it, seven of them did it. And I know that it's a sacrifice, um, but sacrifice is something that we as a culture know all too well. So, it's just the strength in numbers, understanding our talent. If you have, if you make music, right? Understanding that, yo, I exist in a space where if I market it right, I can get it out to people. And I believe that I'm good enough to do that. And so I don't have to sign to one of these major labels that don't have my people's best interests at heart. Like Gucci Mane did. Uh, <laughs> Gucci man did not have a best interest at heart. Um, but I, uh, but in, in, in I'm, best, I'm saying, in, no, no, but in, in, he built his own. He built his I, own. In, in, in Gucci's defense, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Gucci's Gucci. music. He built but the own. one thing that I said that I really appreciated was when Gucci got out of jail, he was a completely different physical being and talked about health a little more and then physical fitness and all that. And he locked down the woman that held him down. I appreciated that um, because I think that that there's so much room for that conversation mm. about uplifting a black woman, especially because black women have been holding us down for so long and we continue to degrade. Like our, the rap music just continues to degrade black women. Like it's just, you know what I mean? A fact. Um, and so to see that, like, I still laugh when I hear, like, no rapper raps about, ma- like, that's why Jay-Z and Beyonce's thing is so ill, because no, all of these, there's so many rappers that are married with women that we know, 
how you still talking about hitting hoes? I don't understand like mm-hmm. how. Mm-hmm. And I love Ti. I love Ti. Ti raps about hitting hoes all the time, and I'm like, bro, bro, you have a show called Family Value. What's the show? What's it? Family Hustle. You have a show that's specifically geared to your family. Why you still rap about anyway? But he's still be out there though. (laughs) You probably you you took me off. You took me off. Gucci is my artist. You got to build Gucci at hot point. Futures at even hotter point where things could get crazy. But yes. Um, it's really just about building your own. <laughs> See how we pivot it right back. Um, and understanding the value of what we bring to the table as a collective. Like, Jay-Z is an incredible talent. Uh, even Future is an incredible talent. Drake is incredible. A lot of these guys who are incredible talents, but they're not gods in the sense that they possess something that's so unique that it's only for them. Like, I think that there's so much talent in our community. And I think that we, we, we only categorize certain things as high-level talent things. And so you grow up with wanting to be the ball player or the rapper or the actor or whatever, and you don't know that they have accountants that get a percentage of their check without having to put in no physical work for it. Or bankers or, or real estate agents that sell them these... There's a whole bunch of different jobs that still put people in powerful positions um, that don't have anything to do with what we usually deem as like high level talent things. So moral of the story, hustle, motivate, uh, make sure that your hustle is motivating. I think is one of the things that is super important and building our communities in a structure where we understand that we are so powerful in numbers. Like, we're powerful as individuals, but it, it, the faster we learn the collective power of black folks, um, the faster we, you know, succeed. Go ahead. Greg, Gregory, he's putting his hand up. Yeah, I just think, I really feel like it's really important, though, while we do all that, you got to put your air mask on first before you put on somebody else. And so, yes, we got to build the community together. We got to do it together. But make sure your life is is somewhere where it needs to be before you start reaching and helping everyone else. You know, mm-hmm. and that that was a that was a scary scary thing I got out of the Nipsey thing was like, okay, I can do all of this, but man, you know, if if I'm not good, I can't help more people. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm not alive, I can't help more people. Now, so now, we got to figure out how to build them together. I, I, mean? I think I understand that, and I get that, but. How unrealistic is that? Like, if I am on a plane with my daughter or my son, how unrealistic is that for you to ask me to put my mask on before I put it on someone who can't put it on themselves? But if you die in the process of putting on her mask, then you're both dead. Okay, but if it's done, it's a new point. And that sounds good, but here's the thought process. That's that's logic. Here's here's the thought process behind that. If the time in which it took me to put my mask on or put my child's mask on, I died, would they die if I decided to put mine on first? That's the dilemma, right? Like it's, hey, if if I've got a five second window before death and it takes me five seconds to put mine on, the person I'm with is going to die. And then it's about value. 
What's more important, me or my legacy? Your better chance of saving both of you guys is for you to put it on first. I don't know if that's true. I think that's, that's based on the situation. That's science. Well, yeah, this, what is yeah. that? How is that science? Well, that's what it's tested. I mean, okay, yeah, the situations always matter, but like, care about odds, yourself first. Odds are, no, the odds are, if this plane is going down and the chaos is happening, first of all, if the mask, I can on, breathe. We in I can trouble help all, all of us. Yeah, if I can breathe, I can help you. If I can't breathe, I can't help you. But I can hold my breath long enough to get that mask on my kid. Or I could just breathe and then I can help you. But my kid, again, it's a value system. Because if I'm choking, that little person's lungs are hurting worse than mine. Yes. So it's like, what's the value? It's a tough thing. And it's one of those fight or flight kind of things. I don't think it's easy to be like, yo, I'm going to put my mask on before I put it on my little girls. But that's what you got to do, man. Why? Because if you really care about your girls, you got to be in a position to, to protect them. And I think that that's a last minute decision. Because if it's like if I'm if if they die, because so I was us, do, doing it for me. So many of us think that we like. I was talking to this guy about his. Uh, you know, he's a father and he's got four kids, and he doesn't have a job. He's in and out of jail. And he was trying to convince me how good of a father he was. And I said, look, man, I get it. You care. You're invested. You love your children. You know, of course you have a good heart. You care about your children. You love them. You're invested. But as a father, you got to have the ability to protect and provide them. And if you're not willing to do those, if you're not able to do those two things, you may be a loving, well-intentioned father, but does that make you a good father? Question mark. And he couldn't really respond to that. And I think in a similar situation, yes, I may care about you, but if I'm not in a position to protect you or to help you, then it doesn't matter how much I care what my intentions and values are. I actually can't execute. If I'm fumbling this shit and I can't breathe, I'm not helping you. But if I put this on and I do it accurately, that's the best chance I got. That's what you, I mean. That's that's what you got to do, and it's not easy. It doesn't. It's not. I'm about to say, I, th- I think that that's such a tough decision to make. It is tough, it is. and I don't. It I don't. I don't know who. I don't know what parent would make that decision. Like I don't know what parent would make the put the mask on. And even for for your analogy about the guy going to jail and all that shit, and I I, I do agree that you know you not being present is one of the worst things that you can do, or not having a job to be able to feed your children. But so again. I'm saying being present over having a job because there are certain situations where it's really tough to get a job for these guys, especially if you're a former offender. You've Just because it's you, tough doesn't mean no, 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 you, no, can't, you, you can't. You, you can't. Do not exercise privilege right now. No, what I'm saying you is can't, you can't. Just, you but, can't brush it off like every community is one in which these guys have a, a fair opportunity to get a job. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is... If there's, there, there are places where there's nowhere that's willing to hire a felon. So because there's tougher conditions, are we supposed to lower what it means to be a good father? Are we no. supposed to lower the standard? That's no. what I'm saying. But what, here's what I wanted to really pull you into, Yeah. because I really wanted you to say something like that so I could get back to my HBCU. <laughs> because it's a home. tougher <laughs> position, is it one that we shouldn't do? Because it's tougher for you to make it at an HBCU than it is at a D1 college. Is it? Does that mean it's something that we shouldn't do for the betterment of our community? If being an independent artist or signing to a black label is tougher than signing to a Sony or a Universal, is that something that we shouldn't do for the betterment of our community? You see how I just roped you into that? I mean, not Jesus quite. Christ. I just stressed. lassoed you. You kind of reached. But I yeah. didn't reach. 
No, it's, it's not a risk. Yeah, that's, it's a not, tough, that's a tough. That's it's a something tough you should do for the betterment of the community. But right. what you always got to ask yourself you that, wah, wah, is when you're going through life, wah, wah, how much of your life is in, in the ideal world? Everything you do in life is about the community. No, it's not. That's and not I, true. But if it's not, then why are you asking people to choose the community over their own well-being? What I'm saying is. Why would you put yourself in a tougher situation by choice? Okay. So here's a. And we can close it. Is that at the door? No, that was nice. Oh. <laughs> I was like really like, damn, somebody knocking on the door? But so here's the thing about that. And I, <laughs> the ice tray is really getting busy. Um, See, I roped you into that. Yeah. Last <laughs> yeah. You ice tray. You're a cowboy out this motherfucker. No, 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 no. no. But, but, <laughs> but so when you, when you think about the fact that you're black. Yeah. I'm black. Nate's black. Kind of. Kind of. But it's like Are we joking? But it's like there will be somewhere in the world where it doesn't matter if you left the community, if you stayed in the community, if you navigated and, and used your white voice, if you're sorry to bother you, like somewhere your blackness will affect you in a negative way right. in America. Yep. So, in my opinion, I'm better off fighting for the community that I already know is taking an L just for being the community. It's like, yo, you can make it out, be really successful, and still be taken down by a law yeah. Because you black. By a system because you black. By the, the, the court of public opinion because you black. So like if because I'm black is always going to be a part of my life no matter where I am. Mm -hmm. Then why not do uplifting things because I'm black? Let me ask you a question. Learn things because I'm black. Is, Study things because I'm black. Is being successful not being successful is being successful as a black person not success is relative by the way okay is being successful as a black person not a contribution to the black community uh no no and i can give you an example that oprah shit oprah's uh the 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 do you remember back when um when she was building the schools mhm mm and people were asking her about schools. Why why not build schools in America? And her response to that? I don't remember her response. What was it? Remind us. If I remember correctly, it was about like the appreciation level of black mm. people in this community. Hey. In the in American community. Hey. Hey what? That's, <laughs> hey for horses. That's not <laughs> That makes sense though. Yo, but again, nah, but it, you can't but it, base, it bro. Okay, put it like this: black is black, though. right? No, 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 no. Here's the thing: Africa ain't black. Knock it off. Well, you why? Why are we judging about? Okay, knock black. it off. But it's different. It's different. It's, it's, it's different yeah, right. from what Oprah's doing than what LeBron is doing. Right. It is different. Where Oprah from? I have no clue. Uh, that's my point. But anyway, she's from Chicago, by the way, guys. I should know that because she is kind of like on every Black History uh, fact thing and the world. Yeah. But I don't think that being successful and being black is enough. I don't think that that automatically makes you a provider for the black community. 
But it doesn't make you a contributor. That's my there ain't no but. That's what I'm saying. Mm. Like they like there are wealthy black people that completely forget about their community. But isn't them being wealthy and them having wealthy black children a contribution to the black future? How? Are they supporting black businesses? Their children are black. Stop, stop, stop. Are they supporting black businesses? They are a black business. No, they're no. not. What are you talking about? If every dollar that you make goes to white people, how are you supporting the black community because you're rich and black? But you are you are part of the black community. Like oh, no, no. See, see, no, 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 no. Do you know what you're talking about? Yeah. How we look to white people. Not necessarily. No, that's literally the only value that a wealthy black person has that doesn't support their that black community physically or financially is as a representation to white folks. But is helping your family not helping physically or financially? Yo, if it's not empowering the community, then no. If you my brother, if I'm rich, you my brother, and I get you rich, and then we both move to Calabasas, and then everything we do with we black 12, people... And we each have 12 kids. And they all grow up in Calabasas. And it's 30, 20, 30 of us. Right. Billionaires. Right. If we don't start buying things and opening up opportunities for other black folks in Calabasas, then we ain't shit. But what if we all create our own businesses? Then we got all these black businesses, billionaire businesses. And they're billionaire businesses that our are... own extra thread. And if, if the dollars are not spent in black communities, you are only helping yours. But yours is ours. No, ain't yours is ours. <laughs> like, he ain't no yours is ours. That's like that's like saying that's like saying if my questions. next door, if my next door neighbor got a uh, a chocolate cake, yeah, and I got a chocolate cake, just because I eat mine and she eat hers, don't mean we eating the same chocolate cake. We got two totally different cakes and totally different slices. Yeah, I mean that analogy was way too deep. It was way the chocolate cake thing way too deep. <laughs> so I think about my parents, for example. My parents did a lot of great stuff in their lives. They built, you know, they went through college. They worked, 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 worked hard to create a future for us. They weren't volunteering in the community. At least I know of. Not, they weren't volunteering in the community because you grew up in a white community. Stuff. No, we were in a black community when we were kids. We were in Richmond, Virginia. But part of it, when before my parents, How my long parents, were you in Richmond? my parents, How most long of were you their. In I was only a few years, but my actual parents were there longer than that. And I'm thinking about their lives, right? They were in uh, Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, which is extremely black. Yeah, yeah. And so a lot of their life was spent in these black communities, but their mission was how do I build wealth for my future generations and build a legacy for us that's coming? Not worrying about the person left and right of me, but thinking about my husband or wife and the kids. And that's what they built. And that's what gave me the opportunity to live the life I have. And my brother and my cousins and my nephews and my all of them had the same mentality. And yeah, we may not have some big black businesses that we invested in or something like that, but you don't have But you're speaking about multiple you're... generations that have that have their own versions of black wealth. That's cool. But you're and speaking... we have the options to sit here and talk to you and have these conversations. Whereas they could have been just sitting there on a rapids. You ain't had no option to sit and talk to me. You was, <laughs> you was gonna sit here and talk to me regard no. But you know what I'm saying? But like, the, but there's the, there's but still the, value in building. But the, your but the own. point is, you know, there's always there's always value in building, right? Yeah. But the point is, if all of that, right? All yeah. of the things your parents building wealth for you, your cousins, your brothers, sisters, whatever for them to span out. Your legacy only exists as long as one of y'all are alive. If yeah. you're not affecting the community at large. 
Everybody doesn't think about that though. Everybody, I, but, I, not, I'm, I'm not talking to everybody. I'm talking to Greg. Yeah. <laughs> like the point is, not thinking about that is what's killing our community because we are now operating from a place that they, whoever the hell they is, convinced us was the only place to survive, and it's really the opposite of surviving as a community. Mm. Like we've convinced you. That being an individual and staying an individual was the only way to build. And when you were building, you were worrying about yours and your own. And the point is, to, to bring it all up around full circle, yeah. is the reason that Nipsey right now is the second person to ever have a funeral at the Staples Center, the first being Michael Jackson, is because... There were so many people affected by what he did in his community. Yeah. And so it's like, yo, at the end of the day, if the only people that respect your name is your cousins and brothers and sisters, that ain't no legacy. To you. Yeah, you're right. If it's a legacy to you, then that's kind of sad, though. I don't I don't feel like I need to fill the Staples Center to- to it's change not the world. That's not I'm, what I'm saying. What I'm come on, knock it off. That's an extreme. Right, right. That was an extreme reach. Well, you, the you point, the point that I brought up of the Staples Center is Michael Jackson is one of the biggest artists to ever live. Right. Nipsey Hussle was an artist that a lot of people didn't know before he passed. Yeah, one album. Right. One debut album. A lot of mixtapes. Yeah. But one album. You get what I'm saying? He was just getting to a place. Of like stardom. And the, the Grammy nod that just happened was a big part of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So and it's that's like the power of investing in your own community. But that what exactly. My that's that's exactly my point. It's like Michael Jackson, biggest artist in the world, biggest album of all times. And a guy that drops a debut album where where a lot of people can't name five songs off of it. Sell that it's not about just selling out the Staples Center, but it's death being on that same plateau. Yeah, Fox News covered, even though that and I forgive my French because she laughed at somebody's funeral. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, Fox News covered the funeral, CNN covered the funeral of a guy who a lot of people didn't know before his death. Yeah. So it's like, but was it I, worth it? You know, we'll never know. And, and it, it's it's was it worth it to who? To him. And we that again. You're right. We can't know that. But if you listen to the music, which is the only story that he has left to tell, yeah, it sounds like it. Bro. Pull up in motorcades. I got a show today. It's all I'm trying to do. Hustle and motivate.